I have a coworker who tends to take calls in the toilet. So I don't really eavesdrop. Because he's speaking in Japanese, I don't really know what he's listening to unless I focus. And I don't tend to focus because I've gone into the toilet to take care of some other issue. But he takes calls in the toilet. And the problem is, when I go to the toilet, I feel the toilet is the appropriate place to fart. There are lots of social problems in the world. And when and where is it acceptable to fart is one of them. Because farting... Is pretty natural and you can't really stop it. You have to fart. Once a fart is happening, you're not really controlling it. You can try to squeeze your sphincter and you just try to get it to come out as slowly and silently as possible. As I mentioned in a podcast like a year, maybe two years ago, I started eating a food supplement instead of having lunch some days. Now, recently I've started mixing that food supplement with protein powder, and what I've found is actually the food supplement made me fart a little bit. The food supplement plus the protein powder makes me fart a lot. Luckily, the farts are not stinky. But if I just let it go, they are boisterous. They are trumpetous. They are, they are a shout to the world that I exist. Now, I know that people find farts offensive, so I try not to fart in front of people. But when I get into the toilet, I figure if I'm going to fart anywhere in the world, this is where I'm going to fart. The problem was I was at the urinal peeing, because that's what you do at the urinal for anyone who doesn't have that experience. And my coworker was in there talking and I realized I had to fart because when you pee is when these things are going to happen. Now, at first, I felt a certain amount of social pressure to not fart because my coworker was on the phone and the person he was on the phone with probably wasn't in the bathroom. So I had this strange transference problem. I was in the toilet where I consider it acceptable to fart. My coworker is in the toilet where it's acceptable for people to fart. But the person he was speaking to was probably in an office somewhere where it's not acceptable to have someone fart at you. But since I only had to deal with the social fallout of my immediate coworker, I decided to just let it rip. And I created a thunderous fart. So much so that my co... You can't talk about farts and not laugh. So much so that my coworker actually paused his conversation. Now, I don't know if the person he was speaking to said something. I don't know if it caused any sort of problem. But I do know that my coworker will probably think twice about taking phone calls in the toilet again. So I have a little notebook I keep with me pretty much all the time so that when I have any sort of random thought, I can write it down. And maybe it becomes a podcast topic. Maybe it just gets thrown away. The problem with writing down a lot of ideas is every now and then you come back and there's been a time period in which you now no longer remember 
what you were talking about or what you were thinking when you wrote it down and your notes were not thorough enough. This happens to people who keep dream journals or things like that. They wake up and they write down the dream or some aspect of the dream. Then they wake up in the morning, they read what they wrote and it doesn't make any sense. Or the writing's so terrible, they can't actually read it. I can see both of those happening. But I was going through my notebook trying to find maybe there were some old ideas I could salvage, uh, maybe some ideas that would be interesting topics to explore. And every now and then I run across a couple of sentences that just don't make any sense. So I thought, oh, I'm going to have to just cross those out and throw them away because I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote it down. But at the same time, I don't want to throw out content because as we all know, the whole point of all this is to create content. And the first sentence that I come back to over and over and over again, I can't figure out what I actually was saying or thinking, is centaurs. What's up with them? And it was just a single question. And it's almost like I was asking my future self this question. What's up with centaurs? Now, I do think about centaurs every now and then because I think about how did the creation of the centaur come about? What was the first person thinking when they, saw a cent when they thought of a centaur? Because did they just see a guy riding a horse and maybe the horse's head was down, it was eating grass, and then he was sitting on it, so it looked like the upper thing. He goes, ha, oh, that was really cool. That's a... Uh, a neat idea, I'll put that in a story, or was it someone who actually thought centaurs were real? Because for every fictional thing that is created, there is someone out there who reads it and then thinks that it's real or thinks that it applies to them. The whole other kin idea is people who think they're really a wolf or really a dog or really a dragon or something else. And that is their kin, that is their true spirit. I read a story, and I don't know if this is true. I read a story on the internet of a girl who was eating jewels because her other kin was a dragon. But the problem was her real body wasn't a dragon. And I don't think it's true because I don't think you can eat jewels that easily. But her, her story was that she was eating her mother's jewels, and that was the only thing that satisfied her. But her mother was getting angry because she kept eating jewels, which is perfectly sensible. To me, that smacks of a false narrative because it would be really hard to get jewels and eat them. And it's not like it would really provide you with any satisfaction. But of course, there is the mentality of kids who are just trying to cause trouble to be different. I think I went through that phase. I think everyone does. I, I now forget my point. Back to my notebook. There is also the sentence, Ska-Jesus song. And I do have an obsession of sorts with songs that use the word girl in, in sort of Christian songs that use Jesus and how they are interchangeable. At any point, you could take a Christian song about Jesus and swap it out with girl, and you now have a pretty sexy song. Or you have any song that's talking about girl because the writer of the song didn't want to use a specific name because he wanted to make sure it was applicable to all the females in the audience. And you swap that one out with Jesus and now you have a really good Christian song. I'm pretty sure what I wanted to do was take the lyrics of two or three songs and interchange them and see how well it fits. But I don't remember how that connects to ska. So I used to be a big fan of ska. I used to go to, when I was young, I used to go to a lot of ska concerts. And it was, I was at the right age when it was sort of peak popularity. There was ska punk, swing came in. There was a bunch of sort of really neat little offshoots from ska at the time. I still like it. I just don't buy the music anymore. If you have an answer to the question, Centaurs, what's up with them? Or ska-Jesus song, please feel free to send a message to Velocipeter on Twitter or velocipodcast at gmail.com. 
And maybe these will be topics that we actually explore in the future, although somehow I doubt it. Since December, early December, actually but before that, I was playing around with tracking software, different kind of ways to track the downloads of this podcast and Ninja News Japan. I wanted to find out if anyone was listening because I had a couple questions. I wanted to decide if I should roll Ninja News Japan into Velocip Podcast or if I should just do one or the other, I should shut stuff down. I was trying to simplify my life. Now for the moment, I'm just gonna keep everything going the same way and see how the numbers go because really knowing what it is for one month or two months uh, is fine. It doesn't tell me if there's any growth or anything really significant yet. So I can't really make an informed decision until I have at least four, five, six, probably a year's worth of data to actually make any kind of real decision about what I should do with the podcasts. Now that I've had proper tracking from December and January, I can actually start to see things about the podcasts. One thing I noticed as the most downloaded episode had boobs in the title and most episodes, plural, downloaded all had sort of saucy titles. So clearly from this point forward, if every podcast I make is just boobs, booby boobs, lots of boobs, things like that, you as the listener to this episode will know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to increase my traffic by appealing to the lowest common denominator who somehow thinks that listening to a podcast about boobs is going to be a good idea. Because to my thinking, boobs are sort of a visual medium. Whereas podcast being an oral medium I'm not going to talk about boobs in any way that would excite you. I might talk about boobs. That topic hasn't come up yet, may come up in the future. I don't know. Realistically speaking, if I talk to you about boobs, it's not going to be exciting in any way. Certainly the way I'm talking about boobs right now is not very exciting, or at least I don't think it is. Maybe it is for you. I guess what I'm missing is that for every person in the world, there is a fetish that hits. So me talking about boobs in a completely non-interesting way might actually be really exciting for someone out there. So for you, buddy, congratulations. You've found a home. So I was tempted to make X amount of episodes a year with just boobs in the title and see if that actually increased my numbers. But that also seems a bit facetious to me. I did get to downloads by country. So of course, overwhelmingly, America is the country that listens to podcasts. So most of the people who download and listen to the podcast are in America. I have a fair segment in other countries. But the bits that I was most interested in so there were two countries where there is one download every single week. So I release an episode a week. So it means every week one person in the country is downloading one episode. And I somehow really, really enjoy that because it means there's one person in a whole nation who listens to the podcast. And clearly they don't tell anyone about it. So I don't know if they're ashamed or not because it hasn't grown at all. But I find that really interesting. And then there's the single download that doesn't repeat. So that means someone listened to one episode once, decided it wasn't for them, and then never came back. But then they show up on my stats as a blank week, blank week, one download, blank week, blank week, blank. So in Spain, it seems like there is one listener. Either that or one different person is in Spain is listening every single week, which I find unlikely. It's far more likely that one person lives in Spain, downloads every week. I assume you, my Spanish listener, speak English because this is an English podcast. I don't know if you're a learner or if you're an expat or something like that, but just to try to be inclusive, I went to Google Translate just to make sure I could say something to not everyone in Spain, just my one listener. So, hey, guy in Spain or girl. So, hey, person in Spain. Que pasa? 
Now, I also have the same phenomena in Vietnam. So this is the same scenario. It has one listen every week in Vietnam. And this was a lot harder for me. Now, I, of course, don't speak Vietnamese at all. I don't speak Spanish, so my Spanish... The only thing reason I think Que Pasa is going to sound good in any way is because I've heard it before. But I have never been to Vietnam. I've never spoken Vietnamese, so I have no idea if I'm going to get this right. I'm using Google Translate as my source, so I'm not even 100% sure that I'm even using the right phrase. So, hey, listener in Vietnam, bate now. So then we get to the people who tried the podcast and gave up. Now, there's two countries. One is Chile and the other is Korea. So Chile is Spanish again. And I, again, I've never studied Spanish in my life. The only exposure I had to Spanish as a young Canadian boy was stuff I saw on American Sesame Street. Later on, they actually changed to Canadian Sesame Street where they started teaching French. So I didn't even have that. My kids watched a little Dora the Explorer so I can say a Udeme. That's about it. What I wanted to say to these people who tried the podcast and didn't come back was, come on, baby, I won't hurt you again. The Google translation for this is, Vamanos, bebe, no te haré daño otra vez. I think when you click it a second time, it slows down. No te haré daño otra vez. And then the other place this happened was Korea. So I want to say the same thing to the one person in Korea who's listened and decided that this, this podcast just isn't for them. I mean, come on, baby, I'm not going to hurt you again. Iriwa, nol tasinyan hachije ak anengolia. So really what I've just done is murder a couple languages. But for my listener in Spain and Vietnam, thank you for listening. And for the person in Chile and Korea who didn't come back, who tried the podcast, I mean, come on, baby, I'm not going to hurt you again. So I got a message from... Tommy, and the question is, what's up, Lily P? Not much. I'm recording podcasts. I have a simple question. Why does Superman have a six-pack or any real muscles in general? What on earth would be challenging him enough to develop such amazing muscles? This is, to me, a very valid and interesting question because, yes, he's saying that we know that Superman gets his power from the yellow sun of Earth. That is why he can fly. That's why he can do, why he's so strong, why he can do such amazing things. So normal physical exercise wouldn't be challenging enough to him. It's almost as like Earth would present less of a physical challenge, so he shouldn't be able to develop musculature like he has. So he has those big bulging muscles. So the comparison that I'm thinking of, you take a normal human being and put them in lower level gravity for an extended period. They actually lose bone density. They lose muscle mass. This is a problem that astronauts have. So Tommy's question is really similar to that. The thing is, we can't think about Superman as a human being. Because as we all know, he's from Krypton. He's Kryptonian. He's from another planet. That's why the physical change of moving him away from his place to this place has given him what appears to us to be superpowers. Every Kryptonian would have the same set of abilities, maybe not as good, uh, things like that. But the base sample would have the same abilities if they came from Krypton to Earth. To me, there is a secondary issue. So it could be suggested that Superman can push himself. So even though he's in what we could say, let's say, low-level gravity, he can fly faster and faster and faster and push his body that way. 
just like astronauts have to lift heavier weights, have to do more aerobic exercise, have to do more things to maintain themselves. He would have to be maintaining himself all the time. But again, I think that the issue I have there is what you're using is human physiology because he looks human. So that's pretty sensible. You're using human physiology to think and discuss an alien. So what I would propose to this, he's talking about the six pack abs specifically. And I think the first mistake we make is assuming that those are abs. They're abdominal muscles because they might not be abdominal muscles. They are in the same place as our human abdominal muscles. And in his suit, they look like abdominal muscles. But I actually believe that Kryptonians, the males are the ones who give the milk. So those aren't abdominals. They're actually mammary glands. And they have retracted udders. So you don't see little nipples on his abs because for Kryptonians, the nipples actually are flat on like a surface until they're used or necessary. So perhaps there needs to be some suckling of a baby. Uh, perhaps they have to be in the presence of hormones of a woman who has just given birth, something like that. And when that happens, the nipples will protrude and Superman is really very much like a cow in this way. He has an udder. Now to us, the udder is incredibly hard because he, again, is an alien. So there's no reason why we would think his physiology would be identical to ours. But his udder would be rock hard. So if we touched it, and again, the nipples are retracted for safety reasons, that for us, it would feel and seem like abs. Now that we've gotten to this point, the more interesting question is, what sound does it make when a Kryptonian's nipples pop out from their udders? Because I think it would be quite a loud sound. I think it wouldn't be like a sonic shock. I don't think, we're not talking about stuff that would make humans go deaf, but it would be a powerful sound. So I think it would be like, uh, the silenced gun in a movie, that thwip sound. I think that's the sound of it. Not a real silence. A real silenced gun still makes quite a lot of noise. That's something I've seen on the internet before. So I'm talking about the movie sound. That, that sound is the sound that a Crotonian's nipples make when it begins to protrude from its udders powerfully so that it can suckle a newborn child. Something else you don't know about Kryptonians is that any male can give milk to any baby at any time. So it's a very different society. They see child rearing very differently where all men should be providing for all children. And this is one of the reasons that uh, Superman's father cared about him so much to take care of him in such a way that he sent him to another planet when he knew that the planet was going to explode. Uh, he wanted to do that for every child. It was just the facilities were not in place. So that's the first one. We could go into other elements of Superman's body. So his biceps, his shoulders and stuff. The first mistake is to think of those as biceps and shoulders when they could be other things. The thing that got me to this point, there is a comic on the internet and it was the thing that made me think completely differently about Superman. And I've tried to find it. If I can find it when I post this, I will post it along with this episode. So if you have to go to velocipeter.com to see it, because there was a comic. So if I can't find it, I'm now going to tell you about the comic. I'm going to tell you about it anyways, but then you can actually see the comic. Look, I'm just going to keep talking. There was a comic and it was Superman and Lois Lane and they were about to get down and dirty. So he lays Lois Lane down on the bed and he starts taking off his clothes. And then when he takes his pants off, there is a scream. And she goes, what are those? And he says, they're pincers. She goes, what are they for? And he looks confused and he says, pincing. 
Now you can see that is it. The the creator of this comic, the one that I found particularly amusing, particularly entertaining, but also changed my way of thinking. This the creator of this comic realized that we keep mistaking Superman for human and having human body parts and having human physiology when he is an alien and therefore completely different. Superman has a penis with pincers on the end and udders on his stomach where we would have abs. The loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments, you can tweet at VelociPeter or email VelociPodcast at gmail.com. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to VelociPeter.com slash podcast. Iliwa. Iliwa. Anangolia. <laughs>